Hello and welcome to Eden Exchanges, the franchise business journey podcast by Eden Exchange. Today we spoke to Damien Baum, who is founder and owner of Urban Clean, the commercial cleaning franchise. Listen as Damien highlights his business journey so far, how a small business became a winning franchise, the philosophy behind cleaning in business, and what makes Urban Clean so unique. Welcome everyone, my name is Raghu from Eden Exchange and I'm also joined by Ellen Rogers today. Hello everyone. Today we're joined by Damien Byrne, who's the founder and director of Urban Clean, a rapidly growing commercial cleaning franchise which is spreading its wings across Australia. Thanks a lot for joining us today, Damien. Yeah, thank you Raghu, thank you Ellen, thanks for inviting me. Look, it's a pleasure having you on today and we know it's your, your annual conference where you've got a gathering of you know, successful franchisees and management at the Windsor Lawn Bowls Club, so good Thanks for taking your time out to have a chat to us. Uh, can you first tell us a little about the story behind the beginnings of the franchise, the start of Urban Clean, and your background that drove you to growing it and your vision behind it? Okay, yeah, definitely, Raghu. So I entered this business almost by default. So I I'm, don't come from years and years and years of experience from commercial cleaning, but I do have a decade of experience. When I was younger, in my early 20s, I started a cleaning business and sold it very quickly. And then I went through a journey of business development. I started working in property development in particular, doing uh, some large scale commercial projects and then also doing my own business, which Mm. was uh, units and townhouses and small complexes and some small commercial. And as I was building my property development business and my property portfolio, I started realizing that I was looking for a cash flow business as well. And I certainly didn't have enough going for income in regards to the rental income that was coming through from my property stuff. So I started looking at where I'd had some successes in the past and I thought commercial cleaning would be something that I could have a good look at. And I started a urban clean then. And it was really a part-time business. This was, we're going about 2000 and 2009 now. Yeah. And I had a number of, you know, some large clients, some small clients, and I staffed it out. I wasn't involved in the day-to-day operations of the business. And then in about 2013, I started really having a look at this little cleaning business that I had on the side yeah. and thought, maybe I should really puts a bit more focus in it because it seems to just be going, growing by itself. Because one of the things about commercial cleaning that's different to, say, home services or domestic cleaning is if you do a good job for a client, they're going to keep you forever. Mm. And what I started noticing is that there wasn't a lot of price sensitivity, especially in the smaller stuff. And I got a big shock, in fact, and this is what prompted me to have a real good look at the systems that, I was creating inside Urban Clean before we had franchised the business. And I noticed that there's a whole bunch of clients who were looking for great cleaning outcomes, but didn't mind if they paid a little bit extra. And then I had some very large clients turning over a few hundred, for me at that time anyway, I was turning over a couple hundred grand a year, a single client. And I realized that I was always being dogged by competition and I knew that I was going to get the axe soon but just because of price and no other reason. And I remember 
losing one client in particular and seeing almost half of my business disappear. And it really woke me up in terms of what's really going on in this industry, what works well, what doesn't work well, because you hear it a lot, especially in commercial cleaning, that, gosh, it's so price sensitive, like it's such a cutthroat industry, but it doesn't have to be that way. And it is very interesting if you've managed to position a commercial cleaning franchise business that isn't as price sensitive as others, that you're, you're, you're in many ways on a winning wicket there because um, it's, good, it's good to have volume, but that margin is quite hard unless you've done what you've done. So can you just outline a bit, yeah, how does Urban Clean work and how does it fit in the Aussie commercial cleaning sector? So what we target in particular is small, medium-sized offices, medical centres and gyms. So we're not going after big stadiums. We don't go after large shopping centres. They are a volume and very low margin business. It's difficult for someone who's coming in thinking, look, I just want to start a cleaning business of my own, earn maybe up to a hundred or $200,000 a year. They're not going to make any money on those larger ones and they're very management intensive. So we've decided, okay, let's, what is it that people are really looking for when they're looking for commercial cleaning? What are the things that tick my boxes in terms of the business? How could they tick someone else's boxes in terms of having uh, manageable cleaning contracts, which a small team or yourself can personally go out and deliver a great standard of clean, have that customer loyalty? You're not worried about the price. It's not about the price anymore in this target market. So how does Urban Clean differ from its competitors? Is it more about the prices you're talking about? Is it the type of customers that you serve? Or is it something about the quality of your clean that differs from your competitors out there? What we did when we started really growing the business, great question, is we started asking all of our ideal clients what an ideal cleaning service would look like. Mm -hmm. So we asked about, I think, 50 of them at the time and said, if you could have anything you'd want in the world when it comes to cleaning, what would that be? And the funny thing is they all came up with very similar lists and they were different from the lists of the people who we didn't want to chase in terms of you know very low margin, price competitive work. And we found out that it was transparency, it's communication, it's security, it's the, the quality of the outcome and the consistency of the clean. Um, and then there, there is price. It is a consideration. I mean, you can't rip people off. You still have to provide what people see as a valuable service. But we realise that there's all these things that are really missing in the industry that not a lot of people are focusing on. And if we had actually designed our service directly around the needs of our target market, people would start seeing us as a hand-in-glove approach. And we often meet clients and they say, oh gosh, where have you been for the last five years? Because this is exactly the service we've been looking for. And it's not because we're geniuses, we just ask the market. The market is a genius, we're not the genius. <laughs> they know what they want. And it's then part of what we do, I mean, I'm a very big advocate of Seth Godin. I know, Ruggie, you'd probably be very familiar yeah, with definitely, his work. Definitely a fan and of the idea that he had a book called The Purple Cow. And it talks about designing your service that stands out so much because it's directly appealing to the client's needs. So that's how we get traction in the marketplace, not because we've got you know hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of advertising out there for cleaning services. It's because when we go and meet someone directly and they start saying, well, yeah, I want an easy 
means of communication. I want to know who my cleaners are. I want to know how they do that. And that's why we've designed the app and other things that we could probably talk about a little bit later. Sure. And that's trying to simplify or make something complicated sound quite simple because there's obviously been a lot of work and iteration to have created that structure that a franchisee can take something on board and implement it, and that also creates referrals itself. So could you delve into a little bit about how you've worked on creating that model? I understand you've talked to the market um, and you've got their direct feedback, but just the infrastructure required where every time someone goes in and the job is of a good quality each time, can you just talk a little bit of how you've created that, that, that process? Uh, probably the honest answer is by making a lot of mistakes. Really. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did. Look, it's, some of it is trial and error, a yeah. lot of trial and error and iteration. So yeah. you could try and do something again and again and again. Um, in fact, it's not just creating a system to deliver great cleaning outcomes because cleaning is actually not complicated. It's everything around the cleaning mm, that's yeah. difficult. Okay, how do you communicate that you're going to deliver what you promise to a client when you meet them the first time? The other things are how do you, what sort of means of communication and transparency and what sort of steps to ensure that that work is carried out the right way and in a manner that the client gets excited about. So these are the things that are difficult in terms of vacuuming floors, you know, changing bin liners, bathrooms, they're just simple steps. That first, if you've got a great attitude and you're willing to learn, we've got instructional videos that we've created, we've got a training man, all that sort of stuff is actually not difficult. It's the other stuff around the business that's difficult. I mean, we have people coming to us and they say, hey, look, I'm, I've, I've got all the gear, I've built a website, I can't find anyone to clean. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got no clients. Yeah. So that's a, that, that's a main challenge people have because they haven't really thought about designing the service around client expectations and needs and making it very simple and easy to flow. Even our way that we go directly to market mm. and win new clients, win new cleaning contracts, is unique to us, very painful. We had BDMs all around the country testing and measuring different methods until we sort of cracked a code. I beg to differ. I'm the worst. I'm the worst cleaner. I don't know how to clean, but I'm always better <laughs> talking my way into business. I don't believe, I don't believe you. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe you. I know you can do it. All right. So in the last year, we've noticed that you've actually brought on quite a few like franchisees. So you've mm. actually grown quite a bit in the last year, which is actually quite impressive. What you're talking about before, talking to the market and the market being a genius and helping you grow, is that your growth strategy or is there something else you have in mind that's helping you grow so quickly? Look, to be honest, what attracts people into our business is our ability to acquire new cleaning contracts rapidly and also not based on price but based on a standard of cleaning and the expectation of a, a certain type of service. And so when people start seeing, okay, gosh, these guys can win cleaning contracts and not based on price but these are actually quite profitable, they're attracted to the business. And the next question is how do you do that? And so that's really what we've done in terms of being attracting new partners into the business is the fact that um, it just works. I mean, you can talk to any of our franchisees. They've got cleaning contracts. Many of them are also out there following the exact same system to win their own cleaning contracts with our support. So it's one of those things that where the results speak for themselves. So the franchisees can talk to other franchisees and see it as a, a real thing in front of their eyes that, yeah, I want to be part of that. And what's your 
like you've got this system that, that's working. So what, what's your growth plan now, both in, say, for the next year and the next couple of years? And yeah. any targets that you can talk about? Well, I think, you know, it's easy to get, especially in franchising, say, oh, look, how many franchise partners you want to get them to join. I mean, they're, they're I guess, important sort of KPIs, but they don't really tell the real story. I mean, the real story is about making a sizable difference in the marketplace. There is definitely a need in this small, medium-sized office, medical centre and gym market where the market is not getting satisfied properly. So if we can get that need satisfied with as many franchise partners as possible in that target market, we'd be very happy. But yes, I mean, definitely we're now on the Eastern Seaboard. Uh, We're in South Australia. We're in Sydney. We're in Canberra, Melbourne, Brisbane, of course. We're soon to get into New Zealand and uh, WA. And eventually the idea is that we start going to international markets as well. When do you think that might happen? Do you think that's going to be the next goal of the next five years? Or do you think that's going to be something that's going to happen when the market responds internationally? Well, it's it means we have to go over there. Okay, so it's not going to happen just by magic. Of course, we even now we get inquiries from overseas. People say, hey, I would like to set up shop over in the US or mm-hmm. I had speaking to someone in um, Vietnam of all places to set up shop in Vietnam. So people do approach us about that, but it's really for us to sort of set up in, particularly we're looking in English-speaking markets of mm-hmm. uh, the US and the UK because there is a similar need in the marketplace for something like this because, it's, see, we're not giving people just a job in this business. It's not just about them going out at nighttime cleaning. We give them an entire business system and support. We don't have supervisors. We don't have auditors. So this is quite unique in terms of other commercial cleaning franchise type businesses, which are really just, here's some cleaning contracts, go clean at nighttime and we'll take care of everything else. There's a lot of support. There's a lot of things that we do for our franchisees in terms of helping them with their accounting and invoicing. But one of the big things is is that they are the ones who are empowered to communicate and build the relationships up with their clients. They also are given the tools where they can directly grow their own business. So they're not entirely reliant on us. Of course, they can grow it for us. We win plenty of cleaning contracts. They can purchase those from us. But it's really a business where someone can start off with a set of cleaning contracts that we give them and then learn how to grow and build that from that point on with our support but not our interference. And that's interesting how you've, you've got that structure there. So does that lend itself to a certain type of person? Do you think that firstly, you know, you'd encourage to apply or secondly, who you think generally goes well? Is it a certain type of personality or background that, that's worked well as a franchisee? Look, I think one of the first things we say when we talk to a potential franchisees we're not after cleaners we're after business owners so we can put an ad up and we'll get 100 inquiries for a cleaners cleaners are easy to find good cleaners not so much but still it's business owners first and then part of the service that we provide happens to be a commercial cleaning service so it's actually clean we're going to be mopping floors and vacuuming floors etc but the first thing we're looking for is someone who's willing to learn who wants to understand a proven system that they can apply and grow to whatever size we want. We've got some guys who are happy just doing maybe, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year of work, some people who are doing over, you know, close to two million dollars in their business. So there's a big really this business is catered to whatever size 
someone's ambition is. But it's business owners first and then cleaners. Cleaning can be taught. Believe me, Ellen, you can learn cleaning. <laughs> and presumably, yeah. that, so that can also fit in with, you know, because there must be a person who's also looking to either you know, have, a, have a crack in terms of expanding their own, you know, where they are in life, or even some sort of work-life balance component as well. Is it, are those the two types of people that could join, or is it just, I want to grow my business, and I'm driven to do that? Yeah, you find, um, I think we were just listening to Paul Haycock before, and he's actually very comfortable in the size of his business. His business turns over, I think, about $1.2, million, $1.3 million. Yeah. He's comfortable, yeah. and that's all he wants, and it's fine. And, it, and that gives him the lifestyle and freedom. Basically, he's got a lot of activities outside of mm-hmm. He's passionate about his church and other things that he does, and that allows this business although he works very hard, gives him a lot of flexibility so he can come in and out of his business as as needed. Uh, there is other people who are looking at this business as an additional income stream. And I say, particularly if you're coming in and looking at the sort of entry-level models where we give you an, a, an initial value of cleaning contracts, we do either two and a half grand or five grand a month. Often people are saying, look, I need what I'm earning during the day is not quite enough and I just need a leg up and if I have some flexibility after hours, after night to earn additional income, well, I'm really interested, especially if I don't have to be slaving to earn that extra money. And that's kind of, especially the, you know, the, the unit model that we've got that it really attracts people looking for an additional income stream without giving up their daytime job. Okay, so we just want to ask about any trends going on in the market at the moment. So is there anything that your franchisees are aware of that's going on in the Australian cleaning sector that's quite involved in the business? And also even the cleaning franchise sector. So we, we know, uh, we just, sorry to interrupt there, Ellen, but we just want to try and find out like what drives the demand? Is it like, is it capital spending more money in offices or is it is it something else that's driving it? And secondly, anything in that sector you think people need to be aware of? or any trends you see that people should just take notice of going on? One of the biggest trends is a trend towards compliance. So that would be pretty much universal in a lot of industries. The cleaning industry has been very sloppy with those things for many, many years. There's like serial cases of subcontracting or sham contracting where essentially someone wins a cleaning contract and then subcontracts it out, have no control over the delivery, over the standards. It just causes uh, problems. And often people who operate those types of cleaning businesses running the gauntlet, as it were, with the ATO and with Fair Work Australia. So that's definitely a pressure coming on the industry, but those pressures only favour us. Because what it's doing is making a lot of um, business owners and facility managers aware because they're coming under the spotlight, not just the cleaning companies. And so what that's doing is they're realising we can't cut so many corners and cut the price so much in the cleaning contract that someone can't be operating it profitably, employing staff according to Fair Work Australia wages and conditions. And so that's definitely a trend I'm seeing in commercial cleaning. In terms of, uh, look, franchising has had a bit of a bad rap over the last few months. Uh, The service sector hasn't been influenced so much about that. It's been more, you know, heavy retail with very high rents and um, obviously some of the food and cafe and restaurant spaces. Ultimately, when you're buying a franchise such as this, what you're looking at is, does this thing work? Does it 
can I make money? Can I achieve my goals from it? And that we're not seeing a slowdown with the inquiries because we're not asking people to give up everything. We're not asking them to give up their job. Most of our franchisees is extremely low risk, especially because we give them an initial value of business. Sure. And you do have options where people coming in will give certain clients in terms of you have different styles of entry points where once you join, you actually are almost guaranteed clients to kick off with, isn't it? That's right. So one of the things, particularly because people are coming into the business, I would say 80% of people are not looking at giving up their daytime job or they've got commitments of family and children during the day. They won't have the time initially to do the initial setup and grow for their businesses. Look, it, it you can win cleaning contracts. We've got some of our uh, franchise partners are getting awards today and just on their own efforts by taking an afternoon off every day of the week, they've built their business an extra 100 grand of income that they've been able to earn. Uh, so you can certainly do it, plotting away and chipping away. But if you want to, say, start off with um, sort of eight cleaning contracts, earning about $6,000 plus, it's hard to do that while you're working during the day because that's when the business gets one. It doesn't get the one at night time. Cleaning happens at night time, but the business gets one at night time. So the head start we give to them is, hey, there's two entry points that they can come in, either sort of a half entry point or a full entry, which is $5,000 per month. And then you can grow your business from that point on. And we can show, or if you want to, you can buy more cleaning contracts from us too. Okay, so about the style of the business now, do you find that there's any developments on the horizon that uh, you're looking forward to at the moment for your business? Anything new, any trends that you're looking forward to? We've done a lot of development over the last few years. We're a young brand, so at the moment where we're sitting is more of a refinement of what we have. Certainly we want to be looking at improving a lot of technological function where we've already got a great app it's called janaflow it works very well but we're looking at okay what added features can we place into that particularly when it comes to client and franchise interaction so we've seen this is turning it more into a communication tool rather than just an auditing tool so there's a couple functions that that does I think that probably the most exciting part of the business right now is the opportunity, the larger business opportunities that we've got in the business. So people can now really set up regions, set up regions with a uh, with a team that can help them sort of recruit, bring on new franchise partners, and develop areas with cleaning contracts. Great. Look, and it's been extremely interesting. Can you firstly, there's that relationship between say, the franchisor or the management of the franchisee. Can you just talk a little bit about how important that is, if there's any sort of mentoring component there? And from your end, you've been also building up this great business. Have you had any significant mentors on the way as well? Certainly, coaching and mentoring is a big part of the business. One of the things that we noticed very early on is that it's not about just simply hey, here's some cleaning contracts, go do them. Mm. Or, for that matter, us, you know, having supervisors going out and actually looking over their work. And, look, people don't buy a business so they have someone looking over their shoulder all the time to make sure they're doing a good job or to be interacting with their clients. We realise this is not a good model and it's a very typical model, though, in commercial cleaning and commercial cleaning in the franchising world. So we thought we need to coach people 
and not only just give them a system to follow, but hold their hand and show them, hey, this is how to communicate and build a very tight relationship with your customers. This is how to ensure you do a consistent delivery of service and deliver on the outcomes and the promises that were made to win that client in the first place. So there's a mentoring and coaching process and then as well, helping them achieve whatever goals that they're set for themselves in their business. Some people have lifestyle goals when they come into this business. Some people have additional income goals. Some people are very ambitious and are looking at growing in sense their own cleaning empire. Now the coaching that we have is going to adapt according to what that franchise partner's goals are. And and that second question, because obviously you have a great business knowledge and, and mindset. Did you also have mentors on the way as well there? Well, ab yeah, absolutely. So um, one of, I guess, a big mentor, particularly in the business right now for us too, is Brad Sugars. And he's, he's invested into the business and he's definitely helping us uh, set up a lot from his like, you know, 25 years of experience in the franchising world, as well as building a global business in 70 different countries. He's giving us a lot of insight and guidance in terms of how to set this thing up correctly and also build a great culture inside the business. And that's a big thing about franchising. Franchising is about relationships. It's 80% relationships, 20% systems. So if you can have a great culture where people hey, feel like, yes, I'm in control of my business. I'm the master of my own destiny, but I've got the support at the same time. Now, that, that is a very, very powerful combination. And I, and I will say it's very difficult often to achieve in a franchising system. So having someone such as Brad who can mentor us and guide us ourselves, I mean, we do it for our franchise partners. Our management team and myself in particular, I've had many mentors and Brad is one of them. And there's other people along my journey. I've been, I guess, an entrepreneur for the best part of you know 15 to 20 years in one way or other, I've had a lot of mentors have helped me along that journey. And that's why to me, franchising is such a great opportunity because it really does help someone who wants to get the fundamentals and learn the business. You accelerate so quickly by coming into a system that's worked out and ironed it out. And then you can speak to people who do know about business, who have got decades of knowledge of business, whether someone then continues in the franchising world or not, it's not so much uh, relevant as learning how a good business works, what the systems, the marketing, the sales, um, deliver, client delivery, and all these things. It takes it actually takes a lot of time to get your head around these things. So having a system and then coaching and mentoring support puts you light years ahead of everybody else who's on that entrepreneurial journey. So having a lot of mentors like you have and being an entrepreneur for the last 15, 20 years, like you say, mm -hmm. Is there one piece of advice that you could offer anyone listening to this podcast that rang true throughout the whole time? Is there one thing that has carried all the way through that was the most valuable? Always put your hand up and never give up. Sounds good. <laughs> that sounds very good. And we'd like to close with that, but we want to still ask, what advice you have for anyone looking to join the Urban Clean team and become a franchisee? And what are the next steps in, in reaching out to you and, and your process on getting them on board? One of my words of advice for someone looking at an urban clean business is don't think about cleaning contracts. Think about the business behind the cleaning contracts. Often people are coming to us, they get attracted because we're winning cleaning contracts. That is a symptom, not a cause, as it were, of a business system that works. 
And so often people ask us, oh, what cleaning contracts do you get? So, yeah, look, we got them. We got cleaning contracts. We win them. They're easy. The more important questions are, what do you want for a business? Are you uh, prepared to deliver amazing outcomes for your clients? Are you prepared to learn and follow systems that work? Are you coachable? Do you want a business that can grow to any size that you want? Because it's not enough just to get cleaning contracts. What do you do once you've got that? Do you want to be able to grow it or not? That's all determined by the actual business that you're operating, not the cleaning contracts that you do. Fantastic. Well, that's it's actually been quite inspirational talking to you today. So I think it's going to be a, a good one. We're going to be um, pushing this out. It's been a, a real pleasure talking to you today, Damien. We do encourage anyone interested to head towards the Urban Clean website and, and put your name down for an initial discussion. Alternatively, there'll be a contact us box underneath this podcast or on the side of the podcast. So please click for more info and, and we'll be in touch very soon to get that journey started with you. Again, Damien, we'd love to have you back on soon for an update on how Urban Clean's expansion is travelling. My pleasure. Thanks very much. Thanks for good. Thanks, Ellen. Thank you. Thank you, Damien. Thank you. Eden Exchanges was brought to you by the team at Eden Exchange. In this episode, we spoke to Damien Ball, founder and owner of Urban Clean. For more information on the Urban Clean franchise or any other episodes by Eden Exchanges, Head to our networking website, businessbyinvest.com. You can also subscribe to this series on iTunes or Stitches if you're using Android. Find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram for recent info on the buying, selling and investing world. Thanks for listening.